energy attracts energy. And so if you're always in the scarcity mindset, you never have an opportunity to shift that energy to one of abundance. And so it starts with fattening thy purse. Welcome to the Life in Paradise podcast, the show about creating a life you never need a vacation from. You'll gain inspiration from those who have done it before as we share experiences, strategies, and offer practical steps you can take to live your dream life in paradise. With your host, attorney-turned-alchemist, Dawn Fleming. If you've been following along, you know that our second quarter theme is wealth. And June being the last quarter of the month is our final month on this topic. And so I thought long and hard about what book I wanted to review for the monthly book review segment. And I had a great conversation uh, this month with a good friend of mine. In fact, he's somebody that's in my book. And also I've done a podcast interview with uh, Cliff Holmes, a very successful individual, uh, published author. Uh, he's retired well, and he used to be an accountant. He used to do people's taxes and has given folks financial advice for many years. So I wanted to share with you a book he brought up, a longtime favorite of mine. I There's so many books on money and wealth and finance that I've had the privilege of reading over the years that I wasn't sure which one to pick. So the conversation I had with him sealed the deal, and that was The Richest Man in Babylon. It's a very old book. It's almost 100 years old. It was written in 1926. Actually, it takes place a thousand years ago. Uh, it's a great read. It's a very short book, but it really has some timeless financial principles that I think could serve particularly young folks today. But before I dive into the book, I just want to share with you my personal experience uh, with money growing up is I didn't really understand finances or wealth or grow up with any mentoring in this area. In fact, when I was a junior in high school, my folks filed bankruptcy. My dad's business went bankrupt. And when I was in college, my first husband actually got mad at me because I had loaned my folks money to buy groceries so that my brothers could eat. So I had to learn these things on my own. It wasn't uh, anything I had grown up with. Uh, I didn't have any wealthy people around me growing up. My my family was, you know, really on the, the middle class, low middle class, blue collar side. And so I think it's really important. I wish I would have come across this book at a much younger age. I probably could have saved myself a lot of grief and been in a lot better financial position had I understood some of these principles. So let's dive in. The Richest Man in Babylon is a book written by George S. Clayson, and it was published in 1926. And like I said, it takes place uh, over 4,000 years ago in ancient Babylon, and it's a series of parables. And so through the use of story, uh, Clausen makes uh, some pretty good points about some, like I said, some timeless financial principles that I think could really serve folks well today. And the first one, and Cliff and I talked about this quite a bit, he shared the story with me about how when he first started earning a paycheck, he actually uh, lived kind of far away, about 40 minutes away from his office, and he uh, opened a passbook savings account. Some of you may not know what that is, but I remember I had one of those. And he went to this bank that was halfway between where he worked and where he lived, and he opened this account. Account, he would deposit his paycheck into his passbook savings account and only take 
90% out. And so he started by saving 10% of his annual salary. And every time he got a raise, he did not uh, increase that uh, percentage, that 90%. He just kept taking out the same amount. So all of his raises started to go into his savings account. And he said it really was when he learned the value of compound interest because he really saw how quickly that money accumulated in his savings account. And uh, his, he said his wife didn't really appreciate that much. She wanted that other 10%, but he was adamant that that was uh, the, his path to wealth. And it, it worked. And so that is the first uh, cure of the seven cures for a lean purse. So if you're feeling like, you know, oh my gosh, I don't even know where to start when it comes to saving money, that'd be probably the first thing is, is learn to live on 90% of your income. And you may say, well, I, I can't even survive on 100% right now. Um, start with something. Start with something because um energy attracts energy. And so if you're always in the scarcity mindset, you never have an opportunity to shift that energy to one of abundance. And so it starts with what uh, George says, fattening thy purse. And that is living below your means. And then the other thing, uh, and I talk about this in my program as well, is controlling thy expenditures and really not confusing nece- necessities with niceties, right? Things that we need to have versus things we want to have. And unless we can control our expenses and learn to live on a budget, it's going to be very hard to accumulate wealth, so that's that's his second cure. And the third cure is to learn to invest. And this takes a little bit of effort. Unfortunately, in our uh, economic system, in, in the culture in the United States, we're kind of taught to uh, let other people make these decisions for us. Oh, there's experts in the financial arena. And I think that's a big mistake. I, I think financial advisors definitely have their place. Uh, a, a nice team of trusted ad- advisors is invaluable. I've, I talk about that in my book. And I also really do believe that we certainly have our sphere of influence, our trusted advisors. That said, you've got to educate yourself enough so that you know whether somebody is buffaloing you or not. That's why celebrities get taken advantage of all the time. You read about it all the time. Oh, they trusted so-and-so and they took them to the cleaners, right? This trusted uh, person. And so you have to be discerning about who you trust. And the only way you do that is to understand uh, some basic financial principles and investing. And the old adage, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. We'll be back in a moment. Isla Mujeres is a Caribbean jewel off the coast of Cancun. Castellito del Caribe warmly invites you to enjoy our spectacular oceanfront villa located in the heart of El Centro and a short walk to Playa Norte, which is ranked one of the top 10 beaches in the world. With an ocean view of crystal clear turquoise waters overlooking both the Caribbean and Cancun city skyline, we offer a fabulous location for you to enjoy all the peace and tranquility you're looking for on vacation, while also taking in all the excitement the island has to offer, with activities either in walking distance or a golf cart day excursion away. Please visit 
castellitocaribe.com www.castellitocaribe.com We look forward to seeing you soon. I'm so happy to have you with me for the Life in Paradise podcast. I love our listeners and fans, and we'd love to show our appreciation for you supporting the show. So please head over to lifeinparadisepodcast.com where you can find free resources mentioned in the show and also register for our gifts, prizes, and swag. I'd also love to hear from you. So there's a place on that page to submit your questions, comments, and requests so I can serve you better. And if I answer your question on the show, we'll send you a free gift. The fourth cure he talks about is guarding thy treasures from losses. And that's just what I I mentioned is stay away from these get rich schemes. Steady Eddie wins the race by a long shot. That's why Cliff was saying, you know, putting that 10% in there, just a a passbook savings account. I know for many years, you couldn't get anything on your money. Now you can get 5%. I know it still may not seem like a lot, but if, if you understand the time value of money, which most people don't, and that's, that's what Cliff said. He said most people just don't understand the time value of money. And so that is how you are going to increase your wealth is studying carefully before you put your hard earned dollars or pesos or, you know, your treasure into something that, you know, oh, this is a sure thing. This is don't be misled by others who and and the sirens call of a fast buck, right? Making money quickly. It doesn't exist. And and as I've often said, one of my mentors used to say, if it's easy, it's sleazy. So you really need to guard for those losses. The fifth cure is making thy dwelling a profitable investment. So if you, uh, and this is is something I I kind of have mixed feelings about, you uh, buy versus rent your residence, and then use your residence to Uh, create a business, right? The home-based business tax deduction is one of the best that there is. So if you understand that, uh, you can really leverage your uh, private residence as a investment. Now, in our case, um, many of you know the story, we uh, got wiped out in the financial crash of 2008. And we rented for six years while we were recovering, getting out of debt, accumulating asset assets again, so that we could invest in real estate. And when it came time to do that, we decided to forego a personal residence. And instead, we bought an income property. And in seven years, we've done extremely well. Uh, the property's on the market right now. I don't know what the final uh, tally will be, but uh, we've done extremely well with that business, really seeing the potential, investing in improvements and getting it to a point where it can really provide for us. And it's a really smart strategy when you can do that. Uh, the sixth cure is ensure future income. And, you know, in this day and age, there's not a lot of, of pensions out there, public pensions. It's 401ks, you're sort of on your own to do that. So you really 
it's it's really needed. Uh, the days of, of, you know, the pension and the gold watch are, are long gone. And so you have to be strategic about how am I going to provide for my future income? And this is one thing that I've mentioned before I mentioned my book, and it really uh, get into detail in my program. And that is, Focus on cash flow, your monthly cash flow, not the size of your nest egg. You don't, you know, this idea, oh, I need to have a million dollars or two million dollars or whatever, some pie in the sky number. No, focus on how much your income is per month, how much are your expenses. And as long as your income is more than your expenses, does it really and the income is sustainable, right? It, if you have to do hard manual labor for that income, that's one thing. But if you can create some, you know, not even completely passive in, uh, investments, our uh, vacation rental, we worked that for five years. We were actively managing that, that vacation property. So it wasn't really a passive income. Now we've hired property managers to be able to manage it for us. And it is providing um, that you know, passive income. I still do do the bookings and we still obviously are in transition with hiring that property manager. So, uh, but, but really being strategic about where your money is coming in from, how can you increase that monthly cash flow? so that you don't have to worry about when you're older, what you're going to do for money, running out of money, some of these concerns that people have. And the seventh cure, increase thy ability to earn. And it's it's sort of interesting. Like I said, this book is a 100 years old. But in this day and age, we're so lucky, we're so blessed to have the ability to be an entrepreneur, to increase our income. We don't have to be satisfied with a specific paycheck amount each that we get each week. And then, oh, maybe we'll pray we get a raise and be able to, uh-uh, you have the power, you have these tools at your disposal, the internet, the cell phone. Uh, it, it doesn't really take a whole lot of effort. It takes patience. It takes learning new skills, but it is easy in the time that we live in to increase our ability to earn more income. So that's just kind of a brief overview of those seven cures. There's much, much more in this, and it's such a delightful read. As I mentioned, these are parables, they're fun, they're stories. You know, the Bible uses parables. We love stories as human beings. We love to hear stories and learn from from those stories. So it's a great little book if you, like I said, if you have already accumulated wealth yourself, this is a great book to give a young person so that they understand the real basic principles of creating wealth. And my friend Cliff was really adamant in saying, if you just follow these very basic, very timeless wealth principles, you will not ever have to worry about money again. And I'll end with this uh, story that Cliff told me. So as I mentioned, he started saving 10% of everything he earned and added those raises that he got through the years. And he shared with me that is how he really created the foundation for his wealth. And he started buying land as those assets accumulated in that little passbook savings account. He would buy, buy up parcels of land, farmland, ranch land. And eventually he accumulated these large, large parcels and was able to, to sell them off, um, to sub developers and so forth. So, but it all started with that 10%. I know it doesn't sound like much, especially in this day and age with inflation, everything, but it's really a great formula for building wealth. 
at any age. So I hope you enjoy this, and I'll put a link in the show notes to this neat little book so you can grab a copy yourself and, like I said, maybe pass it on to a young person who is just getting started, but it's really a great read for for any age. Bye for now. Thanks for tuning in to the Life in Paradise podcast. Did you love this episode? If so, we'd love for you to follow, rate, and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We invite you to tune in every week for more inspired insights and wisdom to create your somebody pinch me reality. And until next time, dream big and act on it daily.